0: the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may, by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. This is 89.7 FM KJMA Radio, Floresville, San Antonio. Also online at grnonline.com. We don't mess with the truth. Hear it. Love it. Live it.
1: And good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host for the program every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls, from Fredericksburg and Kerrville and Uvalde and right here in good old San Antonio. I'm so thankful that you've decided to spend this hour joining us and getting caught up on all things Catholic in South and Central Texas. I will be flying, uh, well, solo today, uh, regarding my, my wonderful co-host, Alexandra Kububatu, aka Alex K. Uh, she's, she's not going to be on today's program, uh, but I will do my very best, uh, to carry on, okay, so uh, again, I know she 's listening out there, so Alex, I got you, all right, I got you, uh, but on this program, uh you know, we do try bringing you various and informative discussions, highlighting different people and ministries and events going on uh, here within the Archdiocese of San Antonio, uh, and of course, the parts of the Diocese of Austin also uh, you may not been aware of this, but uh, not only do we you know broadcast uh you know here. Uh, within the you know the uh, five uh, you know stations uh, of of San Antonio, we've got. As I mentioned earlier in the opening, Marble Falls, Uvalde, uh, and such. But you know, our, our station uh, there in Marble Falls they broadcast into the you know the, the western parts of the diocese of Austin. Uh, so again, I'm so thankful that y'all are tuning in today on today's program. Uh, I'm so excited to speak to Mr. Billy Stewart uh, and Martine Lindbergh. Uh, both are associates of the Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, we're also going to be joined by, by Miss Dolores Martinez uh, with the arts diocese of san antonio director of worship um and of course we're going to be talking about all things feast of corpus christi and uh what better time than than right now to, to do such you know here we are and the the month of june uh the month of of course this devoted to the sacred heart of jesus uh when things outside the catholic sphere uh would have you um believe otherwise make no mistake this month is dedicated to the sacred heart of jesus um so we're going to have a chance to speak to uh, all the guests uh you know about the the upcoming feast of corpus christi uh taking place uh you know on june 19th uh there's going to be a wonderful celebration there at mission san Jose uh, that everyone uh, is invited to. Uh, And in fact, if you go to the Archdiocesan uh, website, uh, a wonderful invitation by uh, His Excellency uh, Archbishop Gustavo Garcia uh, Sierra uh, invites all of the faithful of the Archdiocese to the annual celebration of the body and blood of Christ known as Corpus Christi Sunday. Uh, Join us at Mission San Jose on Sunday, June 19th, 2022. Uh, we'll be sending all the parishes a uh, promotional media kit to help promote this event. Uh, we want a good turnout, you know. There, there needs to be a great turnout, and of course, the uh, the feast of Corpus Christi this year is also uh, the beginning of this revival, you know. This revival in the church, in the uh, the church here in the U.S., um, you know, for a complete, you know, you know, not a recatechesis, but a reawakening, uh, you know, to the, the the devotion of the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist body. Blood, soul, and divinity. Man, I can't wait to get this conversation started. Uh, you know, with the wonderful folks uh, you know here. Uh, so, for more information regarding that, and uh, again, you're going to hear more about it. Um, you no, know, the Archdiocesan celebration. You can contact Jessica Maraval. Um, you can go to you know email her at Jessica. That's Y E S S I C A dot at archsa dot org. Or call 210 734 1653. If these are things that, you know, if what we talk about uh, on the program are, are items that maybe, you know, you miss out on, you know, some of these uh, contact information or so, just call back up here to, uh, to, to the station. Um, I'd be more than happy or email me uh, that you'd like, uh, you know, further information. Uh, my email is Sean, that's S H A U N. At grnonline.com. dot uh, So before we get this program, uh, you know, uh, really on its way, uh, join me in prayer, um, and of course pray, pray for God's grace to you know make His will uh, known to you, and even more so the grace and the strength to accomplish that will. So as uh, I mentioned earlier, this is the month dedicated to the sacred heart of Jesus. So uh, join me in prayer and um, praying this prayer to the sacred heart of Jesus. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. O oh, most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs, your blessing on all that I do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. St. Norbert. Pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons. Pray for for us. Us. Mary, mother of the church, pray, pray for, for us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, so uh, today also you know happens to be uh, the you know the celebration of Mary, mother of the church. You know, when Jesus was on the cross, we see this tender moment uh, when he gave Mary uh, to the Apostle John in the Gospel of John. uh, That's John 19, uh, 26 through 27. We read, When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing near, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Thus, of course, the tradition of the church coming from the apostles teaches us to understand that the Lord was entrusting all of his, all of his disciples to Mary you know, in, in the person of John. The theological roots of this title go back to the early church. The fathers of the church, holy and studious bishops of the first centuries, often spoke of Mary as the new Eve. Just as the woman Eve was the mother of all the living, as um, spoken in Genesis, the woman Mary was mother of all those living in Christ. In the book of Revelation, um, you know, chapter 12, you know, St. John says that this woman's offspring are those who keep the commandments of God and bear testimony to Jesus. And finally, you know, uh, a quote to reflect on uh, given to us by uh, Pope St. Paul VI, Sixth. You know, he says, We believe that the Holy Mother of God, the new Eve, Mother of the Church, continues in heaven to exercise her maternal role on behalf of the members of Christ. Yeah, that's uh, that's great stuff. You know that that is great stuff to to ponder on, especially as we you know complete the Easter season. Uh, had a beautiful you know celebration of the solemnity of Pentecost uh, yesterday, and I, I was having this. And I'm I'm sure you you all you know tuning in you know have uh, you know these the same types of thoughts too. But you know when you really think about um, you know the the feast of Pentecost. I was discussing this with with my wife. I actually just got done discussing this earlier today with some uh, you know wonderful listeners. Uh, you know Pat and Dave, you know out there and Bernie. Uh, but I have the pleasure of in my you know in the office here. Uh, and again, y'all are more than welcome to come and, and tour uh, the the offices here. Uh, but I have the distinct pleasure of looking outside my office door and there's this wonderful um, you know image of the you know of the Pentecost event, right? And basically, it's got Mary you know, standing at the center on this, kind of like this, this I don't know if it's an altar, but it's some type of stand. Uh, you've got, you know, the apostles kind of, you know, just really scared, right? I mean, that's exactly what the gospel, uh, you know, account, you know, tells us is that, you know, out of fear of the Jews, were they up, you know, were they in the upper room, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got the, you know, you've got that strong, you know, that strong driving wind, um, you know, coming through, and then the, the the tongues as a fire come down and descend upon each of them. Well, in this image in the hall here, uh, you've got Mary, you know, kind of in a posture of anticipation, right? Uh, you know, she's, you know, kind of got her hands together. Um, she's just looking up and just expecting the Holy Spirit. Of course, she is, right? She's mm-hmm. she's a you know, she, that's her spouse, okay? She was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit, you know, from the, from the beginning, okay? But the scene around her uh, is very telling because it's a scene of chaos, right? It's, it's very chaotic. You got, you know, some guys, you know, uh, kind of laying down and, you know, got their head wrapped, um, you, know, in, you know, in their hands, uh, kind of like, kind of fearful, like, what's going on? But I look at that image and I think to myself, wow no matter where you are in your life, whether the the, the different chaoses that, that occur, and I mean, it's going to happen. You know, Things aren't always going to be peachy king. Uh, things aren't always going to be smooth uh, and such. There's going to be rough roads ahead, but you know, in all of that, in all the chaos, if you look to Mary, mother of the church, mother of Christ, you know, I mean, that's where we need to turn. I mean, she does for us what you know, you know what we we can only hope for, and that she takes us and brings us closer to Christ. You know her son, and uh, again, just a powerful uh, you know image and uh, a de- you know for today as we celebrate. You know uh, her title of Mary, Mother of the Church. It's it's definitely something to you know to to ponder on e- e- even more. So uh, we've got a couple of uh, you know things I want to discuss as well. You know we continue to pray. Uh, you know for the families. Uh, you know who you know devastated by you know this senseless act of violence uh, that occurred a couple weeks back you know there at Rob Elementary School and you know uh we we want to ensure that A, you all know uh you know that our prayers are are with you um we continue to pray and we want to support uh you know the families um sacred heart catholic church uh they they do they are taking up uh you know donations if you can call to the sacred heart catholic church uh and as i was speaking to uh one of the ladies there uh you know earlier today um you know she did say that the donations that get you know that get called in uh go directly to you know the families devastated by this um you know there were goodness you know there's innocent lives lost um and we can't you know we we can't we, we can't take our eye off the ball, folks. You know, we have to continue that, you know, to, to pray. Pray in reparation, you know, pray in reparation, you know, for the sins committed against life itself, uh, sins committed against the innocent. You know, we pray in reparation for, you know, our, our own, you know, sins. Um, and it's, uh, you know, something, it's tragic. Um, and again, I would encourage you that if you'd like to to give uh, to, um, you know, to the families that, that were devastated by this, uh, you know, by this, uh, Tragic loss of life with the children, with the teachers and such. You know, reach out to Sacred Heart Catholic Church. You can call their phone number. It's eight three zero two seven eight three four four eight. If you'd like to give a donation to support the victims' families, again, that's eight three zero two seven eight three four four eight. Also. Uh, for our listeners out there, uh, you know, listening on 1400 AM there in Uvalde, uh, just know that counseling services are also available. Uh, for information on the counseling services, uh, contact uh, Catholic Charities, uh, or you can visit their website at ccaosa.org. Uh, and again, we will continue to, to to pray for all of you there. Um, also, taking place this week. Uh, we've got the summer charathon. All right, summer charathon is going to kick off tomorrow, June seventh, and we'll be running through the tenth, which is Friday. Um, it's going to be, you know, a a time for us to um, to really make our appeal to help keep Catholic Radio on the air, uh, but more, you know, not just Catholic Radio, but specifically the Guadalupe Radio Network. That station that you're listening to right now, um, you know, is is completely dependent on uh, the generosity of, you know, our listeners, our supporters, you know, our donors, our benefactors. Uh, so please uh, prayerfully consider uh, calling in uh, this week to, you know, to to give your, your one-time gift or make your pledge of support, uh, you know, to keep Catholic Radio on the air. Uh, that station that you're listening to that, you know, teaches the 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 wise and truths of of the Catholic faith that continue to proclaim the holy name of jesus uh, i mean it's it's a wonderful apostolate that you get to fully participate in uh, when you make that pledge and you help keep us you know on the air uh, also with summer i mean goodness gracious if you, i urge you do not look at the temperature gauge because it's hot all right uh, make sure you stay hydrated out there wow that 15 minutes goes by super fast all right so when we come back uh, we will be joined by today's guests. Uh, we've got mr billy stewart Martine lindberg and mr Dolores martinez so don't change the station we'll be right back Hi listeners, the 2022 Summer share is just around the corner. The theme for this share is Eucharistic Revival. Beginning Tuesday, June 7th through Friday, June 10th, we'll be on the air making our appeal for your financial support to help keep the Guadalupe Radio Network on the air in South and Central Texas. Please prayerfully consider calling in at that time to make a one-time donation or monthly pledge of support. Thank you for your generosity and may the Lord abundantly bless you.
2: This is Mike and Alicia Hernan with a Messy Family Minute. My mother raised 10 children, and now she has over 45 grandchildren all over the country. That's a lot of marriages, children, and relationships to be worried about, but she's adopted a wise saying that we will give to you. Worrying is against my religion.
1: Kids are absolutely unpredictable, and the media tends to fill our minds with the latest crisis. Concerns for our kids is good because we want to protect them, but we have to recognize that there are things we cannot control. Those things belong to God. When we take responsibility from God for things that we can't control, that causes worry.
2: In Matthew 6, our Lord says to us very clearly that He knows all of our needs and He does not want us to worry about tomorrow. He doesn't promise us an easy life of rainbows and sunshine, but He does say He will always be with us no matter what difficulties we may encounter. For more encouragement and insight, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com.
1: And welcome back, folks. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your host every Monday at noon. Um, for, you know, of course, your live and local program. Uh, this is In His Vineyard. I've got today on with me. Uh, we're going to be joined by Mr. Billy Stewart. We're going to be joined with Martin Lindbergh and Miss Dolores Martinez. We're going to be talking about all things Feast of Corpus Christi and what, are, uh, what a wonderful topic uh, to be discussing. So, uh, without further delay, well, actually, let me, let me delay just a little bit, okay? I see itching over there. I see itching. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to first, you know, kind of preface uh, this entire, uh, you know, discussion with, you know, what the Catholic Church teaches uh, about the Eucharist. And we're going to dive into that, too. Uh, so, you know, when you look, when you read in the Catechism, all right, of the Catholic Church, Article 3, the Sacrament of the Eucharist. So in paragraph 1322, uh, the Holy Eucharist completes Christian initiation, Those who have been raised to the dignity of the royal priesthood by baptism and configured more deeply to Christ by confirmation participate with the whole community in the Lord's own sacrifice by means of the Eucharist. Um, And in 1324, uh, the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. The other sacraments and indeed all ecclesiastical ministries and works of the apostolate are bound up. With the Eucharist and are oriented toward it. For in the Blessed Eucharist is contained the whole spiritual good of the Church, namely, christ himself our passion and uh you know with that you know let me welcome first uh to the program mr billy stewart how are you today sir i'm doing great and excited to be here and to speak about the eucharist thank you amen uh we've also got mr martin lindberg uh, one of your fellow associates uh there for the congregation of the blessed sacrament how are you doing today doing, mr martin doing
3: great another beautiful day
1: amen and uh of course, we can't forget Ms. Dolores Martinez. Uh, she's out here uh, representing uh, the Archdiocese. Uh, thank you for joining us today.
4: Thank you. It's wonderful to be with you today. Thanks well, well, for we, having me.
1: Well, I'm so glad that y'all are here to talk about, you know, uh, this wonderful. You know, topic, uh, and you know, Billy. I'll begin with you first. Sure. Okay, so uh, could you maybe give us a, a little bit of a backstory, a little background, a little history, um, you know, as to the uh, the associates of the congregation of the Blessed Sacrament?
5: Absolutely. To do that, though, I have to go back to messengers of his real presence. Is that all right if I discuss that a little? Yeah, absolutely. I want
1: the full story here. (laughs) So
5: 10 years ago, 2012, uh, we were a group of men missioning to an axe retreat in California. It was a tri-parish retreat in San Fernando, California. Uh, Twelve of us came back from that change forever because we focused – on the Most Holy Eucharist. We studied everything we could, encyclicals, the Bread of Life discourse, uh, quotes from saints, went back to the early history of our church. Uh, We were changed forever. We we understood, too, that 75% of Catholics don't understand or don't know that Jesus is fully present in the Most Holy Eucharist. Uh, St. Jerome said... Uh, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of christ and i wonder what ignorance of the eucharist is is that blindness to christ right we just don't see him and we're so blessed to have him in our presence what affected us tremendously was on the retreat with 90 men we spoke just a few things about the real presence and the reverence and we had 24-hour adoration on the retreat which usually isn't done but we did and and it was incredible uh during the divine mercy chaplet we were able to witness 90 men lying prostrate on the ground to their newfound faith in the most holy eucharist to the presence of christ and that just changed us in a way that we knew coming back we need to tell others we need to speak about the eucharist and uh we have uh, we've probably done 90 short talks to many-day retreats over the last 10 years, 90 to 100, to uh, just a handful of people to hundreds of people, teen, adults, uh, youth, uh, uh, acts groups. And to see the eyes of the people you're speaking to wake up, the fact that Jesus is present with yeah. us. He always has been, almost as if we've been asleep in our church. Yeah. And I think that's what it is. You you used the word reawakening earlier, and I think that's the beautiful word for what's going forward for the next two years, is the church reawakening and the public reawakening that Christ is here. He's present with us till the end of time. Amen. Um, you know, if I
1: can ask you, Billy, um, you know, real quick, so you felt this this need to, to get involved, uh, you know, in, in this profound way. You know, yes. th- this is a profound way, um, you know, with that. So how many conferences, how many talks, you know, how often are y'all out there preaching the truth of Jesus in his
5: uh, real presence? So pre-pandemic, very often, yeah. uh, what would you say, monthly? monthly? Or? Monthly. I'd say to monthly, monthly to different yeah. groups, uh. uh it, one of the most beautiful ones is, well, let me say a couple of things. Just these short talks in parishes sometimes have led to reopening adoration chapels that were previously closed. Yeah, We got to witness that. Uh, hours added to churches that already had adoration chapels but wanted to fill, I, I shouldn't say hours, days were added. Uh, we spoke at St. Joe Honey Creek during... Uh, After every Mass. Sure. And had a short talk, maybe 15 minutes. Excuse me. And um, we were able to add hours to adoration during that time. So if more Catholics were speaking about the real presence in the fact that Jesus is there, the beauty of us speaking is that we get to hear testimonies from people. And you know they're genuine because they'll stand up after And they'll be shaking, crying about a testimony of being in adoration or receiving the Eucharist of how Christ transformed their lives. Some of them are just, I mean, they leave you in tears. And you see their belief, but they haven't been able to share it because – they don't realize. Well, other people believe this too. Right. So I need to speak about it more. Amen. And can you imagine if we were all speaking about it within the church?
1: Oh, I can imagine. Oh my God! Yes, would it, go. it would be a beautiful yeah. thing yeah. Right. indeed. Uh, now I want to, you know, introduce, of course, you know, Martine uh, to, to the program. So, uh, you know, Mister Martine, you know, you've been. Part, can you tell us? Can you introduce yourself uh, to sure. our listeners? Can you tell us what you know? What Ronnie. was it? Yeah, that prompted you to, to join this wonderful uh, association here.
3: So I went on a retreat uh, many years ago, and I met a gentleman named, named Ram and um, and uh, Javier. And, of course, Billy was on that retreat. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a Catholic. I was born a Catholic, so Mexicano. Um, my mom's from Mexico City. But I really didn't know what it was all about. Sure. And going to that retreat, um, it changed me. And my miracle... I've had many miracles in my life. And one of those miracles was me taking the host and I had a stroke immediately after. But because me taking the host, the body of Christ, his flesh, his blood, his divinity in me, so I couldn't talk, I couldn't read, but through the grace of Jesus Christ, I am here. I've had other things happen to me, but it's the Lord that brought me to The messengers. So they were meeting once a week at uh, St. Luke's. And my brother, Javier, said, man, I'd I'd like for you to be a brother of the messengers of the real presence. I said, what's that? He goes, well, just come. Yeah. And I think I started in uh, 2014. I believe so. So I've been with them for a while. And the good thing about it is they all believe in Jesus Christ. They have the same belief that I do. Yeah. And the good thing is that they go and spread the word. Yeah, they don't keep it inside; they go to their businesses by example. And then, if somebody just gives an inclination that they want to know more, that's that's an open door. Right. So I've been with them for a while, and then of course Father Mario, um, rest his soul. He was a great person. He married my wife and I. Um, he um, he was the parochial vicar mm-hmm. for um, the the blessed the congregation of the blessed sacrament and then of course i i became one of those men um i think there was 14
5: for uh the first group i believe we were 22 okay
3: 22. 22 people um so and then since then we have over
5: 400 now
3: members yeah. of the congregation members yeah. that and I, i'm gonna
5: add to that Martine. in the entire u.s when we started san antonio there's something beautiful going on here With the Eucharist, when we started as members of the congregation, there were 250 across the U.S. And in just a few short years, San Antonio has grown to 400 members. In fact, they're talking about having a gathering of all the congregation societies across the U.S. And they're talking about doing it here in San Antonio because, of course, we have the most membership. And so I think it has to do, we think it has to do going back to how Acts has allowed the laity in a way to express themselves verbally about their faith and to share. So when we have meetings, people share. When we talk to congregation members across the country, they have a difficult time getting people to open up. But there's a a deep love of the Eucharist here. I think San Antonio, I've understood, has more adoration chapels than anywhere in the U.S. Wow. And that was pre-pandemic. I know some have closed down and they're trying to open hours back up again. But, you know, when you're adoring Christ, beautiful things happen within a city and within a community. Amen. You know, I would ask you also, uh, and I'll direct this uh, question back to
1: you, uh, you know, Billy. Mm -hmm. Um, So now that we're let's say post-pandemic yes okay so we're two years removed from the the onset of of all this um what type of growth are you seeing now uh in the you know in in the community in in uh in your apostolate Uh, are you are you finally now just like with this program getting out there more uh to get back to talking about uh you know the real presence of
5: jesus that's a great question we're itching to get back out there. I will say personally, the pandemic affected me with health issues, with breathing issues. I didn't get COVID, thank God, but I couldn't go out. I couldn't go to church, but doctor's yeah. orders, uh, I can tell you spiritually it affected me not receiving the Eucharist and now being back at church. Oh my God. I I love my wife and I, we love receiving the Eucharist and being closer to God and realize what a nourishment it is to our bodies and to our souls. We have even during the pandemic for our congregation held zoom classes. So we've, we've grown even during the pandemic, but in person we're waiting to get back to that. We're, we're, planning that. It hasn't happened yet, but I know that we'll grow tremendously once that happens. Amen. Well, that music means that we're coming up on a break. Uh, when we come
1: back, we're going to talk about the specific feast of Corpus Christi uh, and the celebration that the Archdiocese has uh, you know, lined up for us. And of course, all things uh, related to this wonderful uh, feast. So don't change the station. We'll be right back after this short break.
2: Hi, this is Dr. David Anders from EWTN's Call to Communion. I believe that the Ministry of Catholic Radio is one of the greatest tools we have in the church for
1: evangelism today. I hear from people all over the world on a daily basis who have encountered Christ in the Catholic Church for the first time by listening to Catholic Radio. Please support the Ministry of Catholic Radio today. Support Guadalupe Radio Network.
2: Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend: According to 1 Corinthians 11, receiving communion in an unworthy manner can result in sickness and/or death. If communion is simply wafer and juice as opposed to body and blood, isn't the possibility of sickness and/or death seem just a little over the top? So here's your three friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. First off, in the Bread of Life discourse, Jesus says, quote, "He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me, and I in him." Note, he said drink my blood not your wine or your grape juice well no commentary needed there secondly you gonna walk the disciples did not walk away from jesus over a symbolic teaching of body and blood or that feeding on christ is feeding on the bible no 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 and thirdly a pesky comeback would be good when you're asked hey have you received christ your answer is yes every sunday at mass that's how i know objectively that christ is in me The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to announce their new upcoming live program, A Life Lived Joyfully, where we explore the call to holiness and the life of virtue. Join us weekdays beginning Monday, June 13th at 3 p.m. Central with your host, Father Sam Medley of the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, Mark Houck, and Monsignor Charles Pope. Tune in on June 13th at 3 p.m. Central on the Guadalupe Radio Network.
1: And welcome back, listeners. This is In His Vineyard, your live and local program every Monday at noon. I'm Sean, your host for the program. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe. Radio network, South and Central Texas listening area. Uh, just got this wonderful conversation going, and um, you know, with Mr. Billy Stewart, uh, with uh, Mr. Martin Lindbergh, uh, the uh, you know associate, you know, the associates of the Congregation of the Blessed Sacrament, uh, having this wonderful talk about the Feast of Corpus Christi, the history of um, you know their wonderful apostolate. I'm going to introduce to you now uh, Ms. Dolores Martinez. Uh, she is the director of worship, uh, you know, here in the for the archdiocese of san antonio uh and she's going to be discussing with us as well as the gentleman. um you know the the wonderful celebration that you know we're we've got planned right for uh, the 19th of june is that right yes absolutely awesome We'll kind absolutely. of you know uh, introduce yourself to our listeners uh you know and and tell us you know what to expect at this wonderful celebration on the 19th
4: thank you sean hi everyone um I do work for the Archdiocese of San Antonio for Archbishop Gustavo Garcia Sierra and I direct the worship office. So all forms of liturgy go through my office, and so that's why uh, it's not just me uh, by myself, but we do have a committee of uh, folks in the Department of Pastoral Ministries, and uh, as well as with other folks from just a couple of other departments. Uh, because this is a major undertaking. Yeah. Uh, this year, uh, we decided that we wanted to have an outdoor mass for the Feast of Corpus Christi. And we wanted to also incorporate a procession. But that's why we are talking here today with Billy and... Martin, Martin, Martin. thank you, Uh, because of the the history that they've had with the Eucharistic procession in San Antonio. And so, you know, this is, we thought, who better than to incorporate what you all know, what you've done, and to have you be definitely a part of this procession. So um, it's going to be at Mission San Jose. It's going to be outdoors on Sunday, June the 19th. Which is the actual feast of Corpus Christi, and the mass itself is going to begin at nine o'clock in the morning, okay, and we anticipate that the mass will run between an hour to an hour and a half at the most, sure uh, Archbishop is very aware of the fact that we have the the procession afterwards, and everything will take place within the walls of not the church, but the compound okay. of Mission San Jose. So it's all going to be outdoors. And there are going to be uh, chairs for the participants. Uh, we do want you to bring a bottle of water and wear a cap. Yeah. And preferably a light colored cap. And uh, if necessary, bring an umbrella. Yeah. Because already this week, we're in the hundreds in terms yeah. of temperature. I'm hoping that it'll go down to the mid 90s again, <laughs> if, if we're even that lucky. But, um, uh, you know, just walking around to my car, I thought, okay, it's 11 o'clock. The sun is up. It's not even that oppressive yet. And thank God it's low humidity. So we'll we'll see. However... For the love of the Eucharist, we will be there <laughs> Amen. and there will be four altars. And so at the end of mass, the Eucharist will be processed in the monstrance first by archbishop who will go to the first altar at which we stop. There will be a scripture that is proclaimed that is Eucharistic in nature and after the scripture, the Archbishop will give a three to five minute meditation on that scripture or on an aspect of Eucharist. And then we will have a Eucharistic focused song. And um, there are right now we're still working with the groups, but one of them, two groups from Mission San Jose mm-hmm. and the other two will be groups of young people that uh, are very focused on the Eucharist, and they, sure. they're very excited about getting invited to do this. So we have, some, um, we have some music to be sung, and then we will observe some moments of quiet so that people can actually pray quietly in their hearts. Yeah. And we hope to have a trumpet fanfare that moves us from one station to another station. So the second station will probably be Bishop Mike Boulette. And it'll follow the same uh, pattern of scripture, reflection, music, and silence. And then the fanfare leads us to the third station, which will be Bishop Gary Yannick, our newest auxiliary bishop. Again, with scripture, meditation, um, song, and silence. And Bishop Gary, because... He works closely with vocations. Mm -hmm. He wants uh, the scriptures as well as the prayers at that station to have uh, a a certain focus on vocation around the Eucharist. And then finally, the uh, trumpet will uh, lead us to the fourth station, which will be Archbishop Gustavo once again. And after the fourth station, they will return to the principal altar at which we will celebrate benediction with then in, in the way that it's celebrated uh typically at the yeah. end and we anticipate that each one of those stations might be approximately 15 minutes so in total i think the entire procession will be about an hour okay um give or take a little bit you right. know but we do want it be done by noon because at that point the, the sun is coming straight up above our heads yeah. and it's going to be so hot, we so. uh
1: So certainly we hope to get suntanned by, Mm -hmm. you know, Christ. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Not so much suntanned by the sun itself. That's right. That's right. uh, Again, uh, I think, you know, this sounds like it's, it, it would, it's, it would just be fantastic, right? Again, this, uh, this reawakening and refocusing about, uh, true, I mean, catechesis on the, the blessed sacrament, you know, something that, um, you know, as, as Catholics, you know, we kind of, well, for, Well, I guess really, when you think about it, the majority of Catholics don't even believe in the true presence. So it's actually those in the minority who are trying to evangelize now. um, You know, you know Catholics Mm. that, like you said earlier, Billy, um, kind of seems like you know we've kind of fallen asleep, you know, Mm. at at it. Uh, So I want to ask, I want to turn you know my question to you, Billy. Uh, Why is it important that we have uh, a, you know, why we have these celebrations? Why is celebrating
5: the feast of Corpus Christi so important? Well, it's a day of joy commensurate with Easter, right? We have our risen Lord. That's what the Eucharist is, our risen Lord present with us. And the day was established in the church calendar by Pope Urban IV uh, as a day just to celebrate the Eucharist. And I have a beautiful meditation about that from St. Juliana. But uh, we actually take Christ outside the doors of the church and give public witness. What we have noticed in past processions is media coverage. Uh, Afterwards, having public TV stations speak about our belief in the real presence of Christ. When do you ever have that happen? It doesn't happen. And it's just through... Their visual of seeing the reverence, the beauty, the flower petals. Uh, One of our last processions uh, before COVID, we ended up with over 400,000 flower petals. And that's a funny story because we had the year before a fourth of that and Archbishop said, double it. So we doubled the order the order got doubled by who we ordered from. Oh, my god! So instead of 200-something thousand, we ended up with 400-something thousand. <laughs> so talk about the Holy Spirit at work. Yeah. You know, God says, well, you want 200, I want 400. <laughs> <laughs> and it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a, you know, the thing about the heat, what you said, St. Amartya has a beautiful quote that in the presence of the Eucharist, it's like the rays of the sun on our soul just being filled yeah. with graces. We don't see the rays, right. but our bodies show the difference. Right. Same thing with the Eucharist. St. Faustina says it fills us with graces that pour out to others that need them. You know, we carry more than what we need, you know, just by being in his presence. Um, I wanted to add to what Dolores was saying. All three bishops will be there. That doesn't happen very often. Yeah. They had to really work because they're so Scheduling, busy yeah. had to get their yeah. schedules together. Uh, we'll have waters available, too, along the stations. And we've done that every year uh, because San Antonio is a little warm. But uh, we've even, in processions, Archbishop introduces to a little lady that walked the entire path last year downtown, 102 years old. Oh, my mm. gosh. And my son pointed out the fact of the the beauty of the charity of the Eucharist flowing, things that he witnessed. Uh, People taking flower petals to the police escorts, waters to the police escorts. He witnessed a a lady kneeling on the hot pavement and a gentleman that had an extra shirt taking off his shirt to put it below her knees to kneel on the pavement. Just the beauty and the kindness. I've seen uh, homeless people downtown picking up the flower petals after Christ passed in the Eucharist and putting them in their pockets yeah. children as well you know just the the beauty of Christ's presence and everyone's invited i mean this is a visible day of the catholic church and yeah. the body of christ and the entire archdiocese has been invited and i hope to see thousands we've over the years we've seen it build up from 200 yeah. to over a thousand it needs to be thousands. Sure. Yeah, God I is agree. present with us, right? We're there to yeah. celebrate his presence till the end of time. That's so. right. You know, you figure, you
1: know, in our city, uh, a city, f- I mean, yeah. that bears the name, you know, St. Anthony, you know, the city of St. Anthony, you know, San Antonio. Um, I think it's like 1.8 million, you know, uh, you yes. know, people here. Right. And I, I know with the, you know, with the history of the city, I mean, there, there are a lot of, uh, identifying Catholics. Yes. Okay. Uh, so how many of them can we get to, you know, th- this celebration? Um, and like you said, we just finished, you know, yesterday, um, the, you know, the, the Easter season. All right. Um, we go into you know uh, here in a couple weeks you know this beautiful celebration where we we wholeheartedly say look Jesus in the Eucharist the body blood soul and divinity make no mistake about it he is the source and summit of our faith and when he said I will not uh, you know I will be with you till the end of time he meant it
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know he he meant it this wasn't just some kind of you know uh, you know empty promise you know he's making no he's alive in every tabernacle of a catholic church and he's brought to us live all right at the hands of our priests uh and it's wonderful miss dolores your thoughts
4: i was i was just thinking that the word that keeps coming to my mind is even from the time of advent we say emmanuel god with us amen and jesus you off
1: there so let's pick up uh you know where uh, when we return from this break but again folks if you're enjoying this conversation keep it tuned in right there we'll be right back
2: Julie Carrick here. I am delighted to be the host of We Sing Our Faith. This weekly program shares beautiful Catholic music and deep insights of many Catholic teachings. Join me on Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Central Time for We Sing Our Faith. Here on the Guadalupe Radio Network, Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock Central Time, We Sing
5: Our Faith.
0: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church is just a bunch of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts, and it's against freedom? G.K. Chesterton says, Catholic doctrine and discipline may be walls, but they are the walls of a playground. Freedom exists only within the rules. The greatest act of freedom is obedience, not disobedience. Breaking the rules never makes us happy and certainly does not make us free. God's rules are for our good, not to restrict us, but to protect us. That is how the truth makes us free. Chesterton says that while the church has established rule and order, the chief aim of that order is to give room for good things to run wild. You want more than a minute? chesterton.org and welcome
1: back folks to in his vineyard your live and local program here in the guadalupe radio network south and central texas listening area Uh, before we went to break I so uh, I feel so bad about cutting off Miss Dolores. You know she had a wonderful thought, um, and you know we were talking about you know Emmanuel. You know when we sing Emmanuel uh, at Advent or so. Can you continue that thought, Miss Dolores?
4: Yes, uh, because of the church's liturgical year, we always celebrate from Advent through Christmas, through Lent, through Easter to Pentecost, and then of course the rest of the year to the Feast of Christ the King. But In Advent, we already start using the word Emmanuel, God with us, Mm -hmm. God with us. And that is fulfilled at the Last Supper when he says, this is my body, this is my blood. Every time you do this, every time you eat my body and drink my blood, you do this in my memory, and I am, this is me. I am with you always. And uh, these things sometimes go by so fast When we're praying or at liturgy or whatever, that that we don't give it that moment of really reflecting right.
1: on. Well, it's the a profound meaning. moment. It's a profound moment. It is a profound moment. I mean, you've got God of the universe, you know, comes to us and makes communion with us. Yes. Right. Yes. In the most intimate yeah. of ways, and, and as we've discussed, you know, body, blood soul and divinity, yeah. you know? I mean, it's, it's Christ completely uh, uniting himself to us out of pure love for us, you know? Sure. And out of pure love for him, you know, we should make it a point, A, to receive in a most worthy manner, you know? Uh, we should be, and like you said, you know, at, during the break, um, so many times do we just kind of go through the motions, you know, we, uh, we just receive, go back to our pews, say a little prayer, but you don't really dive into what just happened, right? Oh man that that's that's beautiful. You know, Martin, I want to bring you in uh, you know, on this. And let's talk about of course uh, you know, the the celebration, you know, mass celebration uh, you know, they're taking place uh, at Mission San Jose. But I want to, you know, learn a little bit more about the history of the devotion to uh the, you know, the, you know, to Jesus in the Eucharist, you know, from the I think you mentioned that the Franciscans, right? Can yes, you talk to us yes. a little bit about that, Martin?
3: So, there's a rose window that was initially used for exposition of the Blessed Sacrament during Pentecost, and Corpus Christi, and also Eucharist was processed around the mission with all of the community. This was brought to San Jose by the Franciscans, is that correct, Yes, the beginning of our city. um, Yeah, it's a beautiful uh, area, and we're going to be doing the Feast of Corpus Christi probably right next to that window. So Ah, there's, there's history behind the Rose Window.
1: Oh, that's awesome. So, and again, you know, when we talk about the history, so how often, or excuse me, not how often, but... So, how many of these, you know, uh, celebrations, you know, have you both been, you know, been been part of? I'll, I'll start with you, Billy.
5: Seven years now. Okay. Uh, one year missing because of the pandemic. Yeah. We could not gather, but there was a procession that uh, from San Fernando that went from San Fernando to uh, San Francesco de Paolo. and we found with Archbishop, with the heat, we moved it to the Saturday vigil, which was more comfortable. Then we decided to go downtown to St. Mary's and back to San Fernando. Oh, my God, that was gorgeous. Uh, That's where we had thousands, thousands of flower petals, flower petals raining down from above over the the Eucharist. Songs of praise. uh, No telling how many people witnessed. Like I said, we were over a thousand. There had to be at least a thousand tourists. We passed by, is it the Aztec Theater that's right there? And there was a line of concert goers for who knows what yeah. kind of concert. But to see that, and they saw the Eucharist processed by, and the number of people that fell to their knees. Yeah. Unbelievable. Amen. And so just that. Public witness is a great way to evangelize our belief in the it real is. presence. It is. Yes. You know, you're,
1: you're so uh, you're so right when you say that. You know, as the as the Eucharist is, you know, as the monstrance is processed, and you see the you know the you know, people falling to to their knees. Uh, it is a public witness, kind of like you know. I mean even in a more profound way, but even in the little ways where uh, we are called to evangelize, we are called to, you know, be witnesses of our faith and when you're eating a meal, you know, out in public, do you make, you know, do you pray over your meal? Do you make the yes. sign of the cross? Yeah. You, you know, I mean, these are just little things that we can uh, e- evangelize uh, and it is so important that that we do that. Uh, with all the talks that y'all have given, with all the uh, presentations that y'all have given, uh, let me ask you, you know, maybe Martine, you know, what's the feedback that you get from some of these people? I know, and I, I direct this question to you because you said earlier that you had a profound moment and experience uh, in, in your own, uh, you know, personal, um, you know, journey uh, of faith. Uh, can you talk to us about, you know, maybe some of the feedback that others have given?
3: Um, there's people that have, have that have pretty much have had taken the Eucharist and things have happened to them. Um, it's just so divine and so, Mystery. I can't say mystical or mystery behind it. Um, I I I really don't have a specific person that I can talk to. But it's just about the faith, about your desire and what God wants from you. Um, And today, I told Billy, um, for me, it's like I didn't have meetings today. I have meetings every day this week. And I'm not a person that talks on the radio, and and I call Bill. Neither am
1: I. And it's like
3: <laughs> you do a great job, sir. Sean, you're doing a great job. But I can't I can't specifically talk about one person. Sure. But I do talk about people that witness. So when we're processing processing for the for the feast of Corpus Christi, there's people that are looking and they're asking, "What are y'all doing?" Yeah. And then that's. Where it, it ignites. Yeah. That's when they want to find out more. Right, And from 500 to 600 to a couple thousand people. Yeah. And then going downtown. Now, it's going to be at San Jose this year. It's going to be a little bit different. But that doesn't mean it's not going to be as big. Right. It's just, it's just getting the word out. Us continually doing what we're doing. And people finding out about the Eucharist. And his real presence.
1: Amen. Um, you know, if you're, you're tuning in right now, uh, we're having this wonderful conversation about the celebration uh, coming up on the 19th of June, the Feast of Corpus Christi. Uh, you know, Ms. Dolores, can you uh, remind our listeners tuning in, uh, you know, where all this is going to be taking place at and what time?
4: Uh, it is going to be on June the 19th at Mission San Jose uh, down on San Jose Drive. And it does begin at 9 a.m. So we're asking people to really arrive early, especially yeah. if you want a seat at the front, yeah. close to that altar, uh, which will be under that rose window. Be sure to be there between 8 and 8.30, and even that might be a little late. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because what we want is we want to see at least, at least five people from every parish, yeah. which would already automatically give us a 1,000 people right there. Yeah, and there's going to be plenty of space. So um, I know you've seen it in your parish bulletins because I've seen it in mine, and it's on the Archdiocesan website. And um, you are invited to come and spread the word and bring others with you, please, to this. Beautiful celebration. Amen.
1: Um, uh, we've just got a couple of minutes left in the conversation here. Um, that celebration, the Archdiocesan uh, celebration of uh, the Feast of Corpus Christi, uh, as Mr. Dolores was saying, uh, taking place June 19th um, from 9 to about 12 o'clock. This is all going to be at Mission San Jose. Get there early Get there prepared. All right. Uh, we definitely don't want to see people falling out because it's too hot. You know, stay hydrated. Die, you know, hydrate before you come also. Wear light, light clother, you know, light colored clothing. Um, and again, be prepared to, to really soak this all in. Uh, it, it is, this is a reawakening about the, you know, uh, the, this teaching on the source and summit of our faith, the Eucharist. Uh, and it's important for, for us to be there, okay? Um, you know, when, when Jesus says that, you know, this is my body, this is my blood, um, he meant it. And through those words of consecration, the priests, uh, you know, make Jesus available to us. Um, you know, I, you know, I want to turn a, a question over to you, uh, you know, Mr. Billy, uh, we do got a, just a couple of questions, but you had some wonderful quotes, you know, from, from the saints, you know, could
5: you share some of those with us? I can. I would like to share, if, if you're okay with the, the origins of the Feast of Corpus yeah, Christi absolutely. within the church. So, St. Juliana of Liege, a Belgian nun who lived in the 1200s, had a great devotion to the Eucharist, as all the saints do. At the age of 16, she started having persistent dreams of a brilliant moon with a dark stripe across it. Our Lord appeared to her to explain that the church was the brilliant moon, the dark, and it was incomplete the dark stripe, without a feast day to celebrate the most blessed sacrament. Juliana, who was very humble and shy, only spoke to a few people. Oh my goodness, we're out of time. We are out of time, but look, if you
1: want to learn more, uh, if you want to dive deeper into your faith, into the real presence, get out there June 19th at Mission San Jose. So until next time, let's all continue to labor with love, joy, and zeal in our heart in his vineyard. God bless all of you.
5: Each one of us has been placed in this world for a reason. Pope Francis calls this reason our vocation, which is always connected to the notion of being there for others. Join the young adults of the Archdiocese and Auxiliary Bishop Gary Yonick at Theology on Tap on June 23rd at Blue Star Brewing Company to discuss a transformative approach to the topic of vocation. Contact Rebecca at 210-734-5138.
1: The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to thank Luciano and Silvia Torciati, owners of Food Related, for their proud support of KJMA 89.7 FM here in San Antonio. They're proud parishioners of St. Mark the Evangelist Catholic Church. For more information, you can find Food Related online at foodrelated.com. Thank
0: you, Luciano and Silvia Torciati for your support of the Guadalupe Radio Network.
4: This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. Pope John XXIII called for a new Pentecost in our day. Just as the first Pentecost was the foundation for the first missionary impetus of the Church, so the new Pentecost is the foundation for the new evangelization, the renewed missionary effort of the body of Christ. In fact, the new evangelization cannot happen without a new Pentecost. But... To live a new Pentecost is to play with fire because evangelization is about true salvation. It is not about the easy and cultural acceptable path of enrichment. Our God is a holy and awesome God who requires our holiness and trust. Only through life in the Holy Spirit can we model the kingdom and be true missionaries.
0: Catholic Way Bible Study Peace, Power, Purpose. Find out more at CWBS.org spreading the splendor of truth this is the guadalupe radio network radio for your soul thanks for listening to kjma 89.7 floorsville san antonio on the guadalupe radio network in south texas catholic radio for your soul catholic radio for your soul and also streaming on grnonline.com and on your smartphone